Hey, this is John Arbery, and I'm here with uh, a very important person in my life, Dr. David Carrion. Uh, I first met David when I was at Menlo Church, and you came into my office. This has to be at least seven or eight years ago. Yeah, something like that. And uh, David is a Stanford-trained psychiatrist. He is one of the smartest people that I have ever known. And I'll never forget the first time you came in. Part of what was unusual with David was not just his mind, but his deep calling to ministry and also his very clear awareness that God had called him to be single. And he was kind of disappointed that there were not more um, Protestant monastic celibate communities. He just celebrated this fourth anniversary. Hello. <laughs> his wife, Abby, is a, a really good friend. And little baby Claire is two months old. That's right. That's and, right. Um, so, David, thank you very much for joining in on this. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, we've been in this journey together, uh, passages to wisdom, looking for wisdom that can help us move towards God, towards life. Um, I can't, we can't, but God can. And so more, most recently, we've been, um, I've been talking some from a book, You Are Not Your Brain. Jeffrey Schwartz is a neuro researcher and a Christian down at UCLA. And David, you actually introduced me to him. And I can remember an extremely stimulating lunch that we had together in Menlo mm -hmm. Park. Yeah, no, uh, Jeff has been a, a good friend and mentor of mine um, ever since. Uh, I mean, he was one of the guys that got me into psychiatry in the first place. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, no, um, I, uh, <laughs> in seeking my mission, I um, <laughs> talked to Dallas Willard, uh, uh, set up by you, who's, who introduced me to uh, J.P. Moreland, yeah. who introduced me to Jeff Schwartz. And, uh, wow. That, uh, and, you know, Jeff really encouraged me, and um, we've, been, uh, we've been friends ever since, and even collaborators. So. Well, uh, and David actually interviewed uh, Jeffrey Schwartz, was it for Veritas yes. one time? And it's available online. And if you want a really clear... Uh, uh, in-depth look at mindfulness, uh, I thought the way that you walked that through together with him was really, really helpful. Yeah, no, I, I think um, Jeff is, is, I think, the most thoughtful person I'm aware of in, in really trying to um, understand at a deep level uh, what mindfulness really is. And uh, both in, in the practice of it, but also in the theory of it. And I think maybe most uh, most relevant to me in my role of psychiatrist in the in how it changes the brain. Um, yes, and that I, I thought it was really interesting. Jeff was uh, more or less practicing Buddhist for about thirty years, and uh, so immersed in lots of uh, that kind of understanding of mindfulness and was really interested in trying to prove that the brain is not the mind. And uh, we were just talking about that notion of neuroplasticity, how the brain can change and how that helps uh, make our lives different, enables us to live more at peace, know God better. And that's an area of deep interest to you, of lots of research. So again, this is one of those kind of listen to the smart guy talks. <laughs> By the way, just as we're getting into this, um, David's also writing a book, uh, which has got a wonderful title. Uh, our working title is The Opposite of Depression, uh, but we'll see how, how that goes and, uh, as, it, as it comes along. And he's doing pioneer stuff in the field of treating depression as well. So it really is a great gift to be able to talk about our minds and emotions and lives with somebody who's devoting himself to it in great ways. 
Um, talk a little bit about how our brains are able to change, what the significance of whatever neuroplasticity is and, and how it can help folks that are listening. So this is one of the, the maybe most exciting discoveries of the past uh, few um, decades, really. Um, the, the, so the, the old idea in neuroscience, um, if you go back to the you know, 1950s, 60s, 70s, is, is that the brain is kind of what it is, that you've got these hardwired connections and that the hardwired connections are just what they are, that it's, um, it is uh, that you have these, these um, this is plugged into that and it doesn't really change. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the big insight or one of the biggest insights um, is that that can change under certain circumstances. Mm. Uh, that things that are plugged in to one place might change. Um, parts of the brain that control one thing might eventually control something else, um, depending on the right circumstances. Mm. And so um, this is really relevant um, and was uh, directly applicable with regard to stroke. So um, if a person loses a part of their brain due to uh, lack of blood flow, um, say, and loses the ability to speak, um, the, the, the old thought was, well, that's just gone. That tissue is just destroyed and you're not gonna gain that back. But the, the observation medically, as well as when you start to look at the neuroscience, is that with practice, with um, certain kinds of training, you can regain abilities that were lost. Wow. And, that, and that more, maybe even more interesting than that, it's not just that, uh, it's that you're, you're using new parts of the brain to do those old tasks. You're sort of reprogramming, repurposing parts of the brain that still are healthy to replace the old part that was damaged or gone. And there are incredible, um, there are incredible uh, um, capacities for your brain to, to shift and change and, and be dynamic in these ways that we thought were quite static. Um, and I think when, with regard to um, mental illness, we, we think of, we use the, the term um, major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder. We have these ideas that um, it's, it's a, a disease metaphor, um, that there's something broken in the brain. And, and to a certain extent, that's absolutely true. That's sort of the, the metaphor upon which psychiatry is based. Mm. Um, but recognizing that it's got a limitation, that that, 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 that um, brokenness or those, those aspects of the brain that are disordered can be in certain circumstances, reprogrammed, repurposed, shifted um, to bring a person uh, to health. And that this may be, and largely is thought to be, the basis of how uh, psychotherapy works. Mm. These, uh, the talking cure. No um, kidding. Is changing the brain. Changing the brain. Yeah. It's not just a matter of, oh, I feel better subjectively, or I just, ha I, I just think I'm better. It's no, you're, you're figuring out how to uh, activate some parts of the brain, deactivate other parts of the brain. Um, and the thing that, uh, that uh, I think Jeff's real contribution um, in, in this idea is that, yeah, these things happen. And uh, yes, there's sort of passive ways as you learn and grow, uh, you, you can, um, there, there is this, this, pla this neuroplasticity, but that the self can direct it. Self-directed self mm. neuroplasticity um, is, is just this revolutionary idea where you're the one who's doing the reprogramming. It's not just a matter of the brain changes as you grow. It's that you are the one who has some role in doing the reprogramming. Wow. Your conscious awareness, where you most specifically direct your attention is how the brain changes. So that sounds very hopeful. Um, getting practical for a moment for people who are watching who are thinking I struggle with worry or I struggle with depression or I struggle with guilt or God feels far away um, how do people take this reality that we can actually be involved in reshaping our brain 
to become less troubled by by worry or guilt or depression or move closer to God. And uh, that's a that is a spectacular question, and uh, it's hard to do it justice in just a few minutes. But I, I think that um, the, the to take this um, mindfulness approach is is first off recognize when it's happening um, mm -hmm. that you were spending time with. Uh, your 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 friend you were yeah. uh, at work and then all of a sudden you have this uh, deceptive brain message that's coming in and saying you're worthless it's never going to work out uh, and it's like whoa where did that come from so first off is is that's not necessarily um recognize what it is that 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 just happened to me mm -hmm. label it as a deceptive brain message and then as opposed to just getting lost in it where you're stuck and you keep thinking that negative stuff over and over and over right yeah um it can it can sometimes seize your attention and then put you in that in this in this other track and yeah. that that and that that's that sometimes happens and we find we all all of us find ourselves in some track that we don't remember how we even got there but we're on this track recognize wow i'm on this track i don't want to be on yeah. um this is a deceptive brain message and then refocus shift the track um pick something else to focus your attention mm -hmm. on and that you have that ability to shift your attention again and again and again away from these destructive tracks, these negative tracks, these false tracks, onto the good and true and beautiful um, mm. tracks. Mm. And each time you're doing that, not only is it better in the moment, you're actually um, rewiring your brain yes. to work better. Yes, and so um, so this old idea that uh, neurons that fire together wire together. Mm -hmm. When you do something, it's the it's the 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 um, basis of what will eventually become a habit. And so we have motor habits. You know, you brush your teeth once. It's you know you have to think about it. You brush your teeth a million times. You just walk into the bathroom and your hand figures out how to you know, make your teeth clean without you having to put much energy in because you've got this motor habit, but we also have habits of thought. So do you think it is possible for someone to get as good at being free of uh, worry as they are good at brushing their teeth effortlessly? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think this uh, this happens all the time, not, not uh -huh. to downplay the difficulty of this, and for some people, depending on how severe, um, you know, for some people it's it's extremely severe, and and the, um, the needing assistance of biological treatments, and of course that's why um, you know psychiatrists exist, is that we focus on trying to um, trying to give people back that freedom to be able to shift the tracks, and sometimes sometimes it's it's very minimal. I, I always believe there's some, but. It's sometimes it's sometimes very constrained, but for most people, the ability to shift again and again and again and again is something that can can be built upon, and that yes, you can become masterful and expert at it, um, while also recognizing that um, we are we're still all human and are going to continue to go back to that. Um, we're never going to be uh, completely free, but that yeah, um, so too are my teeth never going to be completely clean because I need to brush my teeth again. And David. Uh, one other question while I got you here, uh, and I hope we can do this again, but I know for you, uh, the question of where is God in this process and how do we connect with God, how do we give ourselves over to God is fundamental to the work that you do and why you do that work. How do you find God as you're doing this kind of work? Oh, what, a, what a great question. And I think this, um, this ties back to a lot of things. Um, why are we doing this in the first place is one of them. Um, what is the true or what is the good? Um, how do we recognize those things? Um, that I think from a Christian perspective, um, we, have, we have the Holy Spirit uh, that can help guide us in those decisions. Um, should I be thinking about work right now or should I be thinking about you know, something else? Should I be thinking about the Bible or should I pay attention to the customer or, or patient or, or you know, 
piece of paper in front of me. Well, sometimes mm -hmm. so it's not obvious always uh, what the best thing to be focusing your attention on is, and we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us. Um, so, so even the existence of these categories of, of goodness is, is critical, but, but also walking with, um, walking with God moment by moment um, throughout our day is something that is, you know, just maybe, maybe absolutely the central thing that we could be doing yeah. um, is uh, practicing the presence of God, even in the hustle and bustle and worry and hurry of our, of our normal days. Well, I know you're hustling a lot because you've got a little baby and marriage and doing amazing work. Thanks very much for joining us and thanks for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525 or invite a friend by sharing the link becomenew.me.